From DS Media Studios in Tema, Ghana, this is Two Peswas. Two Peswas is a weekly podcast where we cover a range of topics, from buzzing media headlines to music to highlights from the week. Each episode is co-hosted by myself, Peaches, and Eddie. Hi guys, and welcome to episode 36 yeah. of the Two Pencils Podcast. Yeah. As usual, it's me, Peaches, and, and Jenny. Hi. <laughs> so uh, let's just jump in. Yeah, yeah? exactly. Okay. Long to <laughs> so um, if you didn't know, um, a new uh, coronavirus has hit the town of uh, Wuhan. In I China. was, I was like, so I was like, should I talk about? Should I talk? I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. I was going to talk about it a couple of weeks ago, and then it came back, back into the news. Because it's spread now. It's, spread, exactly. it's cross country. Exactly. Yeah. So sometime late December 2019, this virus hit the town, Wuhan in China, like I said. And the coronavirus family includes those that cause the common cold. But then when it's found in animals, um, it can evolve into something more dangerous. Now, the two other human coronaviruses that you may have heard of uh, MERS, which was the Middle East uh, respiratory, yeah, um, respiratory syndrome, which has killed more than 800 people since 2012, and SARS, that is the severe um, acute respiratory syndrome, which first occurred in 2003 and killed more than 700 uh, people. So similar symptoms, you've got fever, you've got a cough, sometimes you get pneumonia, and if you're unlucky, you die. Now, the outbreak of this one is said to have started at a seafood and livestock uh, wholesale market. Ah, so they've pinpointed the ground zero, patient zero kind of thing. Yes, they have. And usually the coronavirus affects mammals, but uh, mammals, but it can be be transferred from animals to humans. Again, the, the symptoms are like all the other ones got a cough, you've got a fever, difficulty in breathing with this one. Now, as of now, I think about nine to, I think 14 people have been known to have died from this, with over about 400 people being infected. And the virus is not transmittable from human to human. Um, also, 15 medical personnel in China and a doctor have been infected as well. Mm. So you can imagine the the, 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 the chaos and the the panic that is starting to occur because remember SARS was also a huge thing. Yep. People were panicking. It was a, it was a pandemic. Now the problem is that currently there is no vaccine for the virus, and also they haven't been able to pinpoint which animal. I happened to listen to the radio this morning. I already made my notes, but I happened to listen this morning, and apparently it's, it, it, the snake was it was a snake. Really? Because yeah. I saw something that said they they. They speculating that it may have come from people who consume bat soup because mm, people mm, eat bat soup right. and then if they ingested like infected mm, bat, mm, blah blah blah. So. Right. So this morning, I, I just had it this morning. Apparently, it was I think it's not confirmed, but they they are thinking that it's a snake. And if you think of the fact that it's actually mammals who transmit this uh, this these viruses, that's very scary. Mm-hmm. It means now mm-hmm. reptiles are also able to to um, transfer the virus. And there have been cases reported in Japan, in South Korea, in Thailand, more recently in Taiwan, a 55-year-old woman was also infected. Mm. In the U.S. recently, there's there's been a case, as well as in the United Kingdom, there's also a reported case. Now, this is, 
it's you might think oh we're in Ghana and it's far away from us not really there are a lot of Chinese people who do business in Ghana and Thank coming you. from in those and out, things in and out. yeah so we need to be vigilant we need to do our checks and everything well so the guy who got it in the US apparently he went to the town of Wuhan in China mm. he didn't go to the livestock market the, the, the livestock and seafood market but he contracted the disease so obviously he must have got it from somebody else, else right so yeah human to human transmission we need to be vigilant as as, as as we were with SARS now the WHO has said you should take you should there are some things you can do you can mm. wash your hands thoroughly with soap and water or use alcohol as a sanitizer and cover your nose and mouth when you're sneezing or coughing you already should be doing that regardless right. of coronavirus or not and don't forget to interrupt we've yeah. upgraded from cough into your hand to cough into your elbow because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they said of course you're going to use your hands yeah, so try and somebody. cough into your absolutely, elbow absolutely absolutely and you should also avoid contact with uh, symptomatic people and you should thoroughly cook your meat and eggs as well that is also very important and avoid contact with life like live animals or wild animals mm -hmm. to care of. so we've got to be on the lookout the coronavirus it's sub started somewhere in china it might spread all over the world just be just be conscious of what's yeah, happening that's absolutely my, that's my thank you for that yeah. <laughs> okay so um mine in the news features some rather positive news out of ghana oh, nice. um so recently the UCC, which is the University of Cape Coast, uh, matriculated 59 inmates of Intuam Prison oh. uh, yeah, via their newly established um, PTEP initiative. So PTEP is called, it means Prison Inmates Tertiary Education Program. So what it does is it offers diploma courses um, in subjects such as accounting, management, business, and education mm -hmm. via uh, distance learning. And so they established one campus at the actual Insuwan prison. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I said, thus far, 59 prisoners have enrolled in the program. That's great. So um, if you've been listening to the podcast, which you should have, <laughs> um, you'll know that I previously talked about prison conditions yes. in Ghana. In Ghana. Mm -hmm. And um, you know the fact that they're deplorable, and I've also talked about the fact that I, or not just me, but generally the idea and the philosophy of prison used to be both punitive but rehabilitative mm -hmm. as well. Because the idea is you're supposed to correct these individuals so that they can reintegrate into, into society. society yeah. But now it's just become a cage for human beings, mm -hmm. right? Where they go in and become worse because, yeah. you know, they're treated poorly. They're mixed with, you know, serious criminals are mixed up with, and, you know, you just sort of end up half crazy and mm -hmm. worse than you went in. Yeah. So, and that is apart from Scandinavia, as usual, the Scandinavians have They're done talking, it right. Yeah. Their prisons, you can check out on daily chits and stuff <laughs> like they don't, you know, so that you literally can go and integrate back in society after you've mm -hmm. served your term. So I think this is a wonderful step in the right direction. Uh, because it means that once these individuals come out of prison, they will actually have some skill set with which to try and navigate society yeah, once again. That's good. Yes. However, I do have to wonder, obviously, you know, their employment chances, mm, given that, you know, they prison, have prison records now. I mean, we are, it's hard, it's very difficult to find a job in Ghana mm -hmm. as it is. 
much less if you know they ask you where have you been for the last seven years and you're yeah. like oh hmm, in so on prison mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i think you know again we need serious overhaul of our prison system and uh, even our judicial system really because you get 25 years for stealing oh, yeah, a goat yeah, yeah, and things like that it's, it's, exactly things, yeah, exactly yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous as it stands. So I'm glad to have been able to talk about this because we have, I guess, one silver lining here or one, again, one step, one bit of good news in what is pretty much often very, very bad news in terms of Ghana and prison systems. So yeah. that's my really short... Oh, yeah, nice one. Yes, that's it for this oh, week. Mm -hmm. So good... Great job, University of Cape Coast. I'd like to see them in more prisons, maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, do we have more prisons? We I must have. We, okay, there's definitely Usher Ford Prison. Oh, okay. But yeah, wonderful initiative. And uh, best of luck to those 59 yeah. new students. Yeah. yeah, great stuff. Okay. And with that, we're on to songs of the week. Today I have three songs for you. The first one is from an artist called Jazz Carries, And the song is called The Waiting Night. Um, Jaskaris was born Jasmine Elizabeth Winifred. She's an R&B artist from South London, and she says she's inspired by Erica Badu in Winehouse Revolution. Um, her first EP was called Into the Wilderness and came out in 2016. But the waiting line is from her second EP, which is called Summer Stories. Now, the interesting thing is when I heard uh, the waiting the waiting line. Um, I immediately thought of Frank Ocean's Pink Matter because it sort of has that. Me too. My God, it has that. It has that. It has some similarities in there. So, I, so when I read about it and she said Frank Ocean, she got inspired by him. I was like, okay, that actually makes sense. Um, the EP is a six-song. Um, the EP is six songs long, and I think it's a very lovely tribute to classic album. It's mm. a really light and and she's currently not managed by anyone, she's on site as well, so somebody might need to look sharp. Yeah, look sharp, look sharp. And so, yeah, that's the waiting line from Just Carries. <clears throat> the second song is a song called uh, Eternal Lights, and it's by the Free Nationals. Now, I just I stumbled upon this when I was listening to it, and then the person started singing. I'm like, why does this voice sound so pleasantly familiar? Hmm. So I'm listening as I know this is actually chronic. So oh. yeah, so this is eternal light. And you always deep in some uh, reggae. <laughs> I love my reggae. So <laughs> now the free nationals are actually the live band plays for Anderson Park, and that's why I know them because yeah. I really like Anderson mm -hmm. Park. So it's Anderson Park is a singer, a rapper, songwriter. And a drummer, like he's a very, very good drummer. Right. So the band composing of Jose Rios, who's on the guitar, on Avan on the keyboard, Kelsey Gonzalez, Chris Bassist, and Callum Connor on the drums, they've decided, they've decided to come up with an album, a self-titled album, late, uh, late 2019. And they have a host of other artists on their album, but I really found this one really nice It's a really nice mellow track. I think everybody will love it. So that is Eternal Light uh, by the Three Nationals featuring Chronics. And the third song that I have for you is a lovely lady called Joyce Rice. And the song is called Blurred Lines. Now she's uh, a songstress from LA. 
and also makes some pretty good R&B music. She's half American and half Japanese. She's done some work with Seth. She's done some work with Seth. We talked mm. talk about Seth. Mm -hmm. And she said she's influenced and inspired by her dad's her dad's records, the records that he used to And Bloodlines talks about undefined relationships and cautions about pushing too far when you're already comfortable in whatever like what you have like why would you want to go spoiling mm. when you're sort of you know okay with, with what you have also a very mellow mellow track beautiful song blurred lines so the third three songs that i have for you just carries the waiting line Three nationals featuring connects eternal lights and george white wonderful Okay, so I also have three songs this week, and the first one is by Mario, oh. uh, the singer Mario, yes, um, and it's called Drowning. Now, Mario Barrett is a 33-year-old singer and now actor because he's on a lot that show. Um, the one that with Cookie and whatever, it, I don't watch it, so like... Oh, Empire. Empire. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. I'm sorry. I know the Empire stands out there. It was stupid from Jump, Fight Me. Um, so, <laughs> so he's a 33-year-old singer from Baltimore, and of course he's known for such hits as Just a Friend from his first album, which I think came out when he was, he was 13 at the time. There was braid my hair as well, which I really liked. Yes, he's grown up and fine. Mario, call me. My goodness. Um, <laughs> let me stop. Okay, and of course, from his uh, sophomore album called Turning Point, he had one of my favorite songs of all time, Let Me Love You. And yes, and then of course he had more songs like Why Would You Want to Break Up, uh, Thinking of You. Um, he has a song with Nicki Minaj. He has a roster of hits, actually. Mario is so underrated, like seriously underrated. And in fact, having listened to every album he's ever put out, it's the it's a wonderful body of work which people really need to go back and rediscover, I think. And so I hope you'll do that today. But anyway, so he released four albums and then pretty much disappeared and it was the yeah. usual story. Label issues, personal struggles, because as you know, his mom had substance abuse uh, troubles and then died as well. And you know, he was his mom's child, etc. etc. So he went through quite a bit in terms of having to rediscover himself. And so he returned to the music scene with an album called Dancing Shadows in 2018. So basically a whole decade had passed between his last album and this um, latest one. And Drowning is the lead single off of there. And it's, again, as Eddie was talking about, odes to just traditional r &B. This is more traditional contemporary r &B, uh, but the kind of r &B you don't really hear much of these days. And it's just, it's a really beautiful song. Of course, Mario has amazing vocals. Yes, yes. He's never sang a bad, like he really hasn't. So that's the first song I have for you this week, Drowning by Mario. Uh, and the second one is by an artist called St. John and it's called Borders and it features Lenny Kravitz. So St. John's real name is, well, full name is Carlos St. John, and he's a singer, he's a rapper, and he's a songwriter. He's a Guyanese-American artist um, who grew up between New York and Guyana. Both his parents are actually Guyanese, but he was born in New York. Um, 
And um, he started out in the industry and gained the most recognition um, for his songwriting skills. And he's written for artists such as Division, Usher, and of course, recently, some of you might already recognize that name because he wrote and featured on Beyonce's Brown Skin Girl. He wrote that song. Don't let Beyonce tell you to Okay, so um, he's been recording music of his own and um, in 2019 his second official album came out and it's called Ghetto Lenny Love Songs. Now, why it's called that is because he, his nickname, or I, he kind of gave it to himself, he describes himself as the Ghetto Lenny Kravitz. Um, and of course, if you don't know, Lenny Kravitz is a um, singer, songwriter, rock guitarist, musician, who was married to Lisa Bonet, is a father of Zoe Kravitz, who's an actress right now, and uh, is, has been one of the more eclectic black artists that we have, I would say. Um, and he actually got Lenny Kravitz to feature on this song, and so he's very excited. And it's a really interesting song. Once again, it's, I guess it's R&B, but it has more of a, I don't know, just check it out and you tell me again. Uh, so that's my second song, Borders by St. John featuring Lenny Kravitz. And the third one is Own It, which you may have heard on the radio, it's been quite popular. It's by Stormzy featuring Ed Sheeran and Bernard Boy. Yeah. So I feel like at this point, nobody that I mentioned just now, I need a background for. Uh, of course, Stormzy is a UK grime artist of Ghanaian descent. His name is Michael Omari. Uh, Burner Boy is Burner Boy and Ed Sheeran is Ed Sheeran. So um, this song is off his second album. It's called Heavy Is The Head. It came out in November 2019. Uh, did very well. And this is the fourth single and actually I believe went to number one in the UK. It's called Own It. It has a really nice upbeat dance hall tempo. I, I really enjoy every artist on their music, so having them all come together is pretty dope. And yeah, that's my third song. So just to recap, I have Drowning by Mario, Borders by St. John featuring Lenny Kravitz, and Own It by Stormzy featuring Ed Sheeran and Bernard Oh, it's good. You'll like it. I think you'll like it. Right, uh, in What The F, uh, so Spotify has made a playlist and a podcast for dogs to listen to. <laughs> what? While their owners are away. I need to jump on that <laughs> for my dog. <laughs> so they came up with this after discovering that 74% of UK pet owners play music for their pets. So uh, the podcast it looks like we have some competition there. Like, <laughs> so that the podcast for the dogs features soothing music, dog directed praise. What? Or like good good as boy. Yeah, probably, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> Stories, um, messages Aww. of affirmation and reassurance narrated by people so that then you can reduce your dog's stress and while anxiety. you're yes. So Spotify claims that your dog will bark less and sleep more if it listens to these playlists on this podcast. So there is actually a pet playlist uh, feature that curates songs based on your pet's um, needs. So I actually tried this. I actually went and tried this. And you need to go into the animal-friendly version of Spotify. You select your pet, 
then you get some questions asked. Hold as on, you. can I interrupt? Are yeah. you using a VPN or what? How yes, are you yes, using Spotify? Oh, okay. Otherwise, I, I can't get, I can't, right. I can't get access to it. Spotify, yeah. hook us up in Ghana. Yemen. I know, why, it's why, about why, time. Why? Like, why? You know? So anyway, yeah, so you get asked questions, like, is your dog, dog energetic? Is it shy? Is it that and that? And so they, they are, are based on those questions or based on the answers that you give, they create a playlist for you. Now, like I said, I tried this, but there was an error message. So they actually recommended Bow Wow Reggae for, for my dog. For me. So that was Bow Wow, bow, wow, bow, wow well, Reggae. Since you, I mean, maybe you're the, the way, his, you know, you're into reggae, maybe the dog has you know? acquired so that was taste quite, over. Yeah, that was quite interesting. So actually, of course, it's, it's songs made by human beings, you know, not anything else. But it was quite cute to see. And for the podcast, I tried to get into there as well, and I couldn't for some reason. But you've got titles like The Tale Begins or Pop Fiction. So, yeah, I know. It's so, I find it so cute. And it's really, really cute. You're thinking about your pets. I know. So if you have a pet, you might want to go check that out. Check out a podcast for your dog or check out uh, the play. Make a playlist for your dog. I, what I want, do wonder, though, is like, well, cat, cats are very moody. Hmm. Like, I don't think your cat is going to be... Mm-mm. She's gonna be moody and probably get the, exactly you know, knock down, knock down, your, down scratch your laptop exactly. for you. <laughs> so maybe don't do it for your cats, but definitely do it for your I am like a psycho dog mom type, Mm -hmm. so I am definitely going to do a playlist or check out this playlist for my dog because she is a spoiled little brat and that's my baby. And if she might, you know, if she might like music, who how do I know? So I'm gonna get her a little uh, speaker and Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'll be accused of going and going insane, but still, (laughs) that's my baby. So yeah, okay, that's awesome actually. All right, so my What the F this week is also animal-related, and it is about a baboon who worked for nine years for the Cape Town Rail Service. Now, this is a throwback story because it takes place all the way in 1885 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I suppose the first part of the What the F is that in the 1800s, South Africa already had a functional rail system and in 2019 in Ghana, dot, dot, dot. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Shall we move on? Mm. Uh, so Jack Baboon, which is his name, was the pet of a rail worker and signal man called James Wide, a.k.a. James Jumper. Now, he got that nickname because he was known for jumping between the rail cars. And one day his luck ran out and he fell as he was doing this. And one of the rail cars um, sort of rolled over his legs and therefore he lost both his legs at the knee and um, decided but he still decided he could work Um, and so he got this baboon and taught the baboon how to push him in a wheelchair and then over the course of time he also started started using jack baboon to help him while do his job so the, a signal man, see, they do this, it's automated these days, but the signal person, I don't know if you've ever been on a train, you see the red, red and, and the green, green yeah. and then that, and after that, then they actually shift the tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and before you had to do it manually, there was some lever you pull mm-hmm. and it would mm-hmm. shift the rails. Okay. So over time, he, had, he was just directing Jack Baboon to do that. And of course, uh, a concerned citizen... <laughs> <laughs> who was on the train going along his or her day 
uh, saw this baboon operating the signal system somewhere near Port Elizabeth and reported <laughs> to the rail authorities. <laughs> so the rail officials came to investigate and in doing so, ended up actually officially employing Jack Baboon wow. after discovering that he had very high competency in uh, being a signalman. Did he get paid? Yes, in he bananas? did. Or so <laughs> he was employed and his salary was 20 cents a day and half a bottle of beer each wow. week. Yes. Wow. So it was reported that in the nine years that Jack Baboon worked for the Cape Town Rail Service, he never made a mistake once. And sadly, he passed away in 1890 after contracting tuberculosis. Aww. Yeah, so Jack Baboon um, was a hardworking, <laughs> simple guy. He liked his beer. Aww. And uh, he loved, we hope he loved, because he's been, he did it for nine years. But you know, but he had a choice. I... That's the thing. But at least they paid him. But yeah. you have to wonder, did Jack Jumper actually give him that money? Of course. Did they put the 20 cents in his hand? No. I mean, I'm sure he no, may, he may know how to thank him. Yeah, you know, but anyway, story. I just thought that was really interesting. Because, yeah, of course, today we still have um, many working animals. Obviously, you would know police dogs being the most uh, mm. known, right? Police dogs. And then, of course, we have dogs used in the military. World War II, there were, what? Mil people don't talk. Millions of horses died mm. in World War One and Two because they were used to pull things and whatever it is but i think this one is slightly more feel good yes. and at least this he got paid and mm. i we like to think he was a happy guy yeah we hope his, so his life so <laughs> and clearly a clever guy too so yes. that's the story of jack baboon may he rest oh. in peace <laughs> that's a brilliant story i like it <laughs> so we're on to two pesos and in my two pesos today we're talking about something interesting we're, so, hello, we're all talking about something <laughs> interesting. Thank you. <laughs> so we all do this every now and then. We um, we push off tasks until later, until the last minute. So that's pretty much like procrastination. But there's also another side of the coin, which is procrastination. Hey. Yes. And procrastination is a term coined by Professor David Rosenbaum. And it's the tendency to tackle sub-goals at the earliest opportunity even at the expense of extra effort. So basically, you take on tasks as soon as you get them so that you don't have to ship them for later. Procrastination. Now, in a study that a professor carried out with some colleagues, he um, explored the weight of load and how participants were carried out. So what he did was that he had a plastic bucket filled with pennies, I think. And the students stood in an alley and the, back, the two buckets were placed at, uh, at, at different distances. So let's say one was placed in front and one was placed very close to the finishing line. Mm -hmm. Now what they discovered was that most of the participants picked up the bucket that was closer to them instead of the one um, further right to the... Mm -hmm. You would think that they'll pick the one further to the finishing line because it's less... It's lighter. Li it would mm -hmm. be less yeah, lighter for them. But they didn't. And... When they were asked, it was when were asked why they did this. They, they were told that okay, they'd rather get the the mental task of carrying the bucket off off their head mm. instead of waiting until they got there. And so that's the study that he did. And um, and even though it required more physical effort for the participants, they still chose to carry the bucket from where it was closer to them, which was quite interesting. Um. 
And even though sometimes procrastination feels better than procrastination, what you do is that you may not have enough information at hand to carry out the task. Mm. Let's say a client comes to you and presents you with some information to do something, to work on a project for him. You jump on it without actually understanding the full details of what he wants, and then he comes back and you realize that you've done work. You've done, exactly, you've done everything in vain. Or you haven't fully processed it. And you know how sometimes they say it's better to sleep on something before right. you actually tackle it. That's all got to do with procrastination. Now, why do we procrastinate? There, there are two thoughts. One is that it's evolution. So the thing might not be here any anymore by tomorrow. So let me grab it while I can. Mm. Let me do the task while I can. I may run out of time, so let me do it now. It's an evolutionary thing. So you, you tend to do it. The second one is conscientiousness. Um, according to uh, uh, research, procrastinators tend to be very rational and not impulse driven. Mm. So it's sort of an organizational thing. I've got this thing in, it's at the back of my head as a to do list. Let me do it now. Right? And um, organizational psychologist says that procrastination is a perversion of diligence. That's, that's quite interesting. Uh, Dr. Rosenbaum also states that we procrastinate because we find it mentally taxing to keep up with the oh I have this to do, I have so much to do, I have this thing to do, let me do it now. So that you reduce your cognitive load so to speak. And there isn't really a pre-procrastination is better than procrastination but I, it all depends on the task, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you think it makes sense to slow down and take your time to do it, so be it. And besides, it's not always that you might have that time to, to make a decision. Some of the decisions we make are split-second decisions. We just up and like, I need to do this and I, I do this now. So you really don't have the time, the time to think, oh, maybe if I procrastinate, it would be better. Or mm -hmm. If I did it now, it would be better. So there really is no right or wrong way. You have to uh, judge it based on the situation. Having said all that, are you a procrastinator? Are you a procrastinator? Are you a mix of both? I think I'm a mix of both. I'm a mix of both, yeah, mix, definitely. Mix of both, yeah. And I was even going to say, recently I had to fill the form for two pesos. And even though it was the deadline, I mean, I could have waited a bit and gathered enough information because after I had sent out the form, she mentioned something to me. And I was like, yeah, if I had taken my time to actually think about it, this might have been the better option. Right. So right there, you, you have it, you know, sometimes just... Take Chill a bit, time. take your time, and then not too much time. Yeah, though. because that can also affect your productivity. Mm -hmm. You shift everything to the last minute, and you're like in a panic. Totally panicking. And That's also not good. So you know, weigh, weigh the, weigh the, weigh the, weigh the pros and cons. Exactly, weigh the pros and cons, and then make a decision based on that. And that is procrastination. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. So my two passwords is on road accidents and. It's been precipitated. First of all, I mean, if you drive in Ghana, obviously the state of the conditions on the roads has gotten to you at some point or another. However, recently, two things that happened in the news uh, made me decide to just address the situation mm -hmm. again. So um, in December, the NADMO, which is a National Disaster Relief Organization, I don't know what the acronyms are quite, um, released a statement to communities along the Tano River from parts of Bono region all the way to the Ahafo region to avoid drinking from the Tano River until further notice. And the reason for this was that a truck 
carrying 2,500 gallons of sulfuric acid had toppled into the river. So according to uh, the police, it was trying to climb, you know, all rivers are in valleys. So it was trying to climb up and didn't have the torque to do so. So it rolled back and then rolled into the river and dumped the sulfuric acid in the river and in doing so killed all the, uh, you know, freshwater marine life, uh, no, freshwater aquatic life there. Fish, alligators, they were just pulling, you know, all these dead animals out of the water. And then, of course, more recently, if you're in Ghana, you'll know about this because it's, be, it's been dominated the news headlines for a while. 34 people died in an accident and uh, many, many more were injured when two buses mm. collided on the Cape Coast to Takradi Highway. So let's, I just want to go over some, some road statistics um, and then we'll get into the crux of the discussion. Now, according to 2015 WHO statistics, there were 1,802 road fatalities in Ghana. And again, that's in 2015. Now, the MTTD, which is the um, Motor Transport and Traffic Division, said that there were 849 fatalities in 2019, which was actually up from the 2018 figure. Now, I feel like that is an underreported number mm -hmm. because 1,800 to 800 is a huge drop-off. And I doubly think, I'm, I'm more certain that it's underreported because they themselves stated that there were 116 uh, road fatalities in 2019 in Tema alone, mm. right? So if you mm. extrapolate eight major cities or yeah, I'm sure that number is, you know, higher, much higher than 800. So it's probably closer to uh, the 2015 figures from the WHA, which was 1,800. Now to give you a perspective on how bad that actually is, um, they have global average statistics and they have it per 1,000 per 100,000 people, mm -hmm. right? So the global average for road fatalities is 18.2 people per 100,000, right? Mm -hmm. In Ghana, that number is 24 to 26. Wow. So we are approaching, well, yeah, we're, we're more than, not double, but it's, mm -hmm. it's considerably higher, right? Now, to give you further context for this, the country with the lowest, um, apart from Monaco, it's not really a country, <laughs> but the main like actual country with the lowest uh, road fatalities is Norway, and they only have 2.1 uh, fatalities per 100,000 people. So we are very doing very, very, very badly in terms of our road fatalities and road safety. And actually, outside of Thailand, all the top 10 countries with the highest number of road fatalities are all African countries. I'm not surprised. Liberia, 35.9 for 100,000. Uh, DRC, 33.7. CAF, 33.6, and so on and so forth. I mean, and when you have countries with 2, 5, 7, 10, to have 33 people per 100,000 people is just it's atrocious. It is atrocious. And as usual, people just continue to die like chickens here, um, you know, and, and it's like people just make empty platitudes. Okay, so let me circle back to the bus accident now. Both the Minister of Transport and the Minister of Roads and Highways visited the site and, as usual, had a whole bunch of speeches for, you know, people. The Minister of Roads and Highways said they're committed to making 
all the major highways in the country dual carriage yeah, roads yeah. and mm -hmm. that so you know we can look forward to eventually the Cape Coast Takradi Highway also becoming dual carriage because right now it's a single lane road. It's so windy. The road is exactly. so curvy and yeah, it's no lights, no lights. To that. And so, of course, how the accident happened is because some bus driver, being impatient and very, very stupid, was trying to overtake another car. And then there was a bus coming from the opposite direction, and then they just collided. And the bus driver swerved. Um, on his on the driver's side, and therefore turned the bus so that all the passengers, oh. you know, took the brunt of the impact, and therefore he has survived oh. and is walking around giving interviews. But then, yes, but thirty-four people are dead, including a one-year-old child who's on board. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, um, and this bit annoyed me. So the minister of transport. Um, said that there's a need for more education and that the media should commit more airtime to support road safety campaigns. And I'm like, who exactly are you talking to? The media. Is it the media's job to ensure that there's road safety? So let me put it this way. Every single mechanism in this country meant to ensure our safety on the roads is a flop and a no, failure. Now let's start with the driver's license. So it goes to the licensing office. It's well known. You can buy a driver's license in this country. Easy, it's not easy. even expensive. Mm -hmm. It's slightly more difficult now, but it's still easy as pie. So you drive now, let's let's all remember a driver's license is a piece of paper that says that yes, you actually know what to do when you get on the road with other driver other users. So we have I want to, I'm going to just say majority, majority of the drivers in this country didn't go through the formal process of doing the driving test and all of that. They just went, did some Kululu and got their licenses and hit the road. Now, if you didn't do that, good for you. I didn't, I mean, I had to, well, I learned how to drive and did my first driving test in the state. So there was no way around that. You had to know what the hell you were doing. And I even failed the first time, the practicals, mm. <laughs> because the car stalled and they're like, mm, go and come again. <laughs> no, sis. So they really take that stuff seriously. So one, driver's license, you buy. You don't have to really prove to anybody you can actually drive. Mm. Or you can read the signs. Or you can Thank see. you. Now, the other thing that occurred to me, now we people get sensitive when you talk about English and whatever it is. And I'm look, the fact of the matter is, the language of government and in this country is English. It's a separate discussion of whether you think it should be so or not. No, but it yes, is. right now it is. It is. The driving test is in English. The road signs are in English. Now you think about it. If you've taken public, public transportation recently, you have a pretty strong sense that the trotter drivers and the bus drivers, you know, are not usually the most well-educated people. So you have to ask yourself, all of them that are walking around with driver's licenses, how did they do the test to pass the driver's license mm. test to get a, a license? It just means that they never literally went and sat and wrote any test and proved anything to anybody. They just went and then the master or the person who owns the bus went and got some fake license yeah. for them to use and they've hit the road and they're killing people left, right and center. The second point, Road, the roadworthy certificate here too. If you've been out in this city, 
you see that some of the vehicles that are on the road have no business. They're leaning to the left, leaning to the right, smoking. They don't have brakes. You can see that the, anytime there's a, you can see the driver using his physical. Oh, yeah, to... And yet every bloody year I go and then they put hook my car on and they give me hard time. Mm. Oh, your this your, your back light is. So I'm like, if you're so conscientious, how come like half the either they're broken down and they're left on the road so you can ram into it in the night because again no oh, lights, nice. or you can clearly see that this vehicle is not roadworthy and yet is driving up and down on the road. So the licensing office have failed. The roadworthy people have failed because again, there too, you go, you give them some nook of fuel, as they say, and they'll just scribble something and say that your vehicle has passed, even mm -hmm. and then tell you, but Charlie boss, you for go fix this thing or like in no good or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they leave you. So the vehicles are, are in poor condition, the drivers are not up to par. Mm -hmm. And then you have, you know traffic enforcement and pedestrian enforcement. The police that are supposed to stop people when they're doing stupid things, fine. We've, 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 we've let them pass through, right? Mm -hmm. we, we didn't catch them early. Now they're actually on the roads. That's what the police and the MTTU are supposed to be for. Mm -hmm. To be like, hey, you must have forgotten from your driving instructions, mm -hmm. but you can't do that. Where are they? They're sitting or they've put plastic chairs under trees and they've gathered in one spot and just watching the cars go by. When they do get up to do anything, yes. it's to be like, hey, stop. Where's your insurance? You don't have uh, this one, boy, you for pay me or like, they don't do their jobs. And, and pedestrians too have no discipline and just running up and down the road at any point. Every time I'm driving and it's around three o'clock and the kids are coming out of school. Be extra careful. You have, because they don't even, I'm like, so, you know, you have a whole school system. Why can't they tell them one assembly? Every student must use the zebra crossing. They can't even do that. You want to wait for some world organization to come, come and give you money. For to training. Do some and training. And then you go and sit at some conference and eat the papa, the jollof and chicken that they'll provide and the coke and come in and you need somebody to come from somewhere to tell you that to make sure all schools are mandate have uh, crossings in front of all schools and make sure at the very least that the kids know that you cannot cross anywhere except mm -hmm. the crossing this too we can't do here so you have that the people that are supposed to tell people don't stop here you can't do the nowhere to be seen only there to put up barriers checking for nothing and collecting 10 10 cds and then finally, you know, you have a situation where there are no lights. So you combine all these factors, bad drivers, bad cars, uh, pedestrians who don't know what to do, uh, cars that don't know how to observe basic mm -hmm. rules of the road. And you're going to mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. a very toxic situation. Like and everybody is at fault. Everybody, everybody has, has dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. Every mm -hmm. single person. So you come with your, you know, properly roadworthy car, your driver's, and they'll just kill you. Yeah. They'll just kill you. Because there's something missing. Because everybody else is not playing their role. You can't do it on your own. But now, sorry. And I was just going to say, anytime I'm driving, I'm always yelling at somebody. I'm always yelling because somebody's always doing something stupid. And you, you know, I roll down my window and insult them. I don't care because that's the only, somebody has to let you know what you're doing isn't right. You know, because apparently the police can't be bothered mm -hmm. and nobody, you know, checked you before you got to, you shouldn't even be on the road in the first place. 
I mean, it's terrible. And they're just waiting. All they do is wait for something to happen. Thank and you. Then, and then they come yeah. like vultures. They wait for the animal to die. And then they just all appear mm. and trying to figure out how they can make money out of the situation. It's really, it's yeah, appalling. Sorry, sorry. It's disgusting. We don't want to hear empty platitudes about we need more uh, sensitivity. We who? Who is that? Who are you talking to? Who? Make sure, tell your people to stop issue. If you work at a licensing office, know that when you sign off and hand out these uh, licenses like candy, there's blood on your hands. Yeah, exactly. There's blood on your hands. Because you are part of the reason why somebody who has no clue, no brain at all, is driving and then goes to drive into, a, you know, and kills a whole busload full of people. It's not right. It's not right. They set us up to fail here mm -hmm. every day. And it's so sickening. I'm so tired of it. So anyway, if you are in a, listening now and you know somebody in a position somewhere to do something, please tell them because we're tired. And I, said, that's I don't have <laughs> no, You that's said it, it already. It's, <laughs> it's appalling. We all have a part to play. The few right people should do their work as well so that we also do our stuff. Exactly. Simple. All right. So Okay, then. So that's that. That's it. I'm tired. I I'm out. I'm just like, okay. Yeah. We're done. Right. <laughs> see you next all right, week, see you guys. Next week. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed the episode and you're listening to us on any of our platforms, please give us a thumbs up. Remember to subscribe and we'd also love for you to share this episode with your friends. Let's continue the conversation. We'd like to hear your feedback. Information on how to reach us on our website can be found in the description.